our goal really is to improve educational opportunities in both states um, from birth all the way to college completion, um, really focusing in air, um, early grade reading, uh, post-secondary completion, uh, and college readiness. Ensuring a future without limits for children goes beyond the classroom. Welcome to the AESD Scoop, a nationally recognized podcast for families, educators, and community members. Listen to the stories of people and communities who are empowering the future generation and our children who are already making a difference in their own ways. Tune in every Wednesday to the AESD Scoop. Welcome back, AESD listeners. As you know, you're listening to our AESD Scoop, and I want to say Happy New Year to everyone. This is our first podcast in 2023. And we are incredibly excited to have one of our community partners and a leader in the nonprofit world relative to supporting what ha- what is happening in Arizona and actually Florida uh, around education and ensuring that everyone has the opportunity that they need to be successful. So Paul, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. And then I want to talk about the things that you do over at Helios. Fantastic. Thank you, uh, Betsy. Um, My name is Paul Peralt. I am a Senior Vice President of Community Impact and Learning at Helios Education Foundation. Um, Helios is a a foundation here in both in Arizona and um, in Florida. A little background in case uh, uh, those of you listeners that haven't heard about Helios. Um, We were originally, our parent corporation was a student lending corporation, Southwest Student Lending. Um, And probably around 16 years ago now, as things were moving to federal direct loans, um, Helios sold out to Sally May and endowed the Helios Education Foundation um, with about $700 million at that time in Arizona and Florida, the two states we service the most loans. And so our goal really is to improve educational opportunities in both states um, from birth all the way to college completion, um, really focusing in er um, early grade reading, uh, post-secondary completion uh, and college readiness, but really to give all students an opportunity uh, to go to college. My role at Helios is um, I run our community impact and learning team, which is really comprised of our research and evaluation. So we focus on what should we know around our engagements? Um, what should we know around our investments? How can we use research and evaluation to inform our policies? And then our grants management team. So all of our investments that we give out, which we give out anywhere from 15 to $25 million, usually annually uh, to organizations uh, in Arizona and Florida um, to make sure that those projects are working um, and understanding, you know, how they're having impact as well so that we can then decide which of those projects might be more of a bigger policy push or or a statewide push. Um, And so together, Uh, that's what the community impact and learning team is and really trying to work with partners to improve educational opportunities in both states. Well, I will tell you, you, you're just even the title of your role (laughs) over at Helio says it all. And, and our listeners, if they're not familiar with Helios need to understand the true impact that is being made. I love the fact that you focus on data to make sure that not just uh, what are our next steps and the why behind those next steps? But then as you've done these next steps and infused um, resources to various organizations into projects and programs, what has been the impact of that? Can you share any examples that you've had over the past years of, hey, this is, a, you know, this really made a difference or we're excited about the next opportunities with this without, of course, tipping any hands because I know oh. you're in a unique spot. Sure. No. And that's a really great question. The other thing I'll add, too, is 
recently, right before the pandemic um, hit, we were supposed to open our own campus and we did, we are open now, but that's another thing that I wanted to share that we do in Arizona is we built an education campus with education partners where we have convenings with up to a couple hundred people. And we have other meeting space that uh, provides opportunities for our partners really to work here and, and work around education um, too. So I neglected to talk about that, but wanted to add that part too. You know, one of the things that I, I can say is, you know, for example, we give a lot of scholarship money out, but, um, um, and so one example is um, we're, we looked at scholarships in Florida um, to see what was working and not working because the worst thing that can happen with scholarships is that, let's say we give $1,000 to 100 students. Um, um, so that's $100,000. The worst thing that can happen is our money just supplants money that the university was gonna give students too. So we, we, we did, we've done evaluations around scholarship dollars that we give that also contain wraparound supports. And so we almost always give scholarships that contain wraparound supports, for example, to keep you going in college if you run into trouble and other things. Um, and we usually do it at $1,000 increments because the research is kind of showing that for each $1,000 that you give, um, there's kind of an impact around who persists and who completes. And so that's one way that we've done that. Um, we also use, and I'll give you an example in Arizona, what we're doing now in partnership with ASU and the other two universities is, you know, a lot of students that we want that decide not to go to college because A, maybe they don't know the college route or no one's reached out to them or they don't think that they could go to college. And so recently we have a partnership with ASU and, and the state uh, and the three universities where, um, and that we've been piloting that you, when basically when you're a freshman in high school, um, you're basically giving a, a letter by the three universities that says, you kind of, if you meet these requirements of the Board of Regents, um, which is like 12 classes and a certain GPA, you're automatically ad admitted into one of the three universities, the, the mm -hmm. state universities. And then each year that letter is updated, like, you know, you're, you're still on track or, you know, you need to make sure that you take this class. But really, it's kind of a way to tell students, all students, as they start out in ninth grade, that your college material, you can go to college and there's opportunities for you. Um, and we've seen from our work and other work that that really does improve college going. And it reaches students that might not have a family background that where they went to college, their parents or their siblings or aunts or uncles. And gives them an opportunity to think, well, I can go to college. I'm going to make that decision. I'm not going to have somebody else make it for me. Yeah, you, you know, there I just so many things are going off in my mind as you're talking about that, Paul. I, I just think about my youngest daughter who was in middle school-ish and received a letter from a, you know, a pre-med opportunity to be able to say, hey, you're you're on track. Like we'd like to have you come out and go to this camp and be able to experience our campus and, and all of that. Now, she chose not to take advantage of that. However, and I can remember those moments of conversations of, oh, wow, I'd never thought about pre-med. Wow, I never thought that this was something for me. Um, I will share with you proudly, she has just switched over to educational policy. So uh, that all being said, but she had that sense of someone wants me. I've, I'm already belonging to something bigger. So as a freshman in high school, receiving a letter from the three major universities in Arizona to be able to say, hey, you, we have a place for you. you. You've already secured your spot. You just need to stay on track. And then that continued update, because I think sometimes where, where we miss, we make that initial engagement 
and we don't have that follow-up. And you guys have built that into the system. And I have to imagine it's going to yield incredible results. Yeah, we were already seeing positive results. It started out as a pilot and the, the initial results were so good that we decided to start expanding it with more districts and schools. And hopefully where it'll get to, Betsy, is every school and district will be a part of this in, in the state of Arizona. That is incredibly exciting to hear. Avondale has a unique opportunity. We have a philanthropic partner foundation locally who adopted a third grade class now 11 years ago. They are sophomores in university now, um, are going into their sophomore year. And from third grade on, they were told, if you stay on course, you promote out of Avondale and you graduate out of one of the Alfreya school districts, maintain your grades, et cetera, full ride anywhere you want to go. We'll pay the equivalent of an Arizona tuition board books, everything, um, anywhere that, that you get accepted. And one of their pieces, and I loved what you said about this, one of their pieces is and one of the responsibilities on the part of the children and families was, and you need to maximize any other possible resources, i.e., you know, um, other uh, grants and scholarship opportunities to be able to maximize it all so that they could go and do it again. Well, the good news is we just um, entered into a new agreement with our current, now they're fourth graders, third graders last year to be able to say, we're going to do this again and make this happen for another group of kids coming through. And to create that vision of, I know where I'm going, I have an opportunity and I have people who are here in in our backyard who want to support us and make sure that happens. I, I think is a story to be told, just like the avenues and opportunities that you guys are doing with ASU and Helios. So that is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's a phenomenal story that you're having and hearing about uh, the growth and development of those basically promise programs for those cohorts. Exactly. Um, I think that's exciting to see even the Arizona Board of Regents and others identifying um, you know, more opportunities and an expansion of their own promise program too, because I mean, it, it makes a difference, you know, especially for, I, I would love, you know, the researcher in me wants to say, I wonder how many people went to college from that cohort compared to the year before that might not have had that promise. Exactly. Um, and I have to believe the numbers are probably very, very different. You know, knowing that promise that you were told that if you do these things, that's going to make a lot more people think about, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to do this. Somebody cares for me to do that too. Um, mm -hmm. it, I think it's easier for sometimes families um, you know, that, you know, maybe mom and dad went to college and they, they're going to push their kids and stress. You're going to go to college too. Um, but there's a lot of families out there, um, myself included, my parents didn't go to college. So, um, you know, having that other people help you think about that and that there's a future out there that isn't preordained and you really can control that I think is so important. So hats off to everybody in the district. That's part of that program that for, for those cohorts. Well, we, we are certainly um, grateful for the engagement with this foundation and, and that they chose Avondale yeah. and, and saw that this is a place that will walk the journey with our children with our with a, and walking right into our feeder high school district and beyond. So it is, it's a unique opportunity, but one, I think, as I said, aligns with the work that, that you are doing. And, and I firmly believe uh, that everything starts with a sense of belonging. Everything starts from a sense of community that, that there's others out there around me, whether it's my teacher, um, the principal, the district, the, you know, faith-based leaders in the community who come around and, and support foundations who come alongside civic leaders who uplift what's happening and show up to, to our events and things such as that that say, you know what, 
um, yes, you're a student in third grade and you're a part of our community and we want you to be successful. And you're doing the same thing with, with Helios and having those impacts um, in similar ways and yet actually with a greater, greater reach than uh, possibly we can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. Well, and I think it gets back to what we were talking about today earlier on the work that we've been doing around chronic absenteeism is, you know, for some of those kids, you know, you, you really want them in school so they don't forget uh, that they have those opportunities. And, you know, they you don't want them to make irrational choices in their younger years that doesn't lead them to a, a, that that future and that possibility. And so that's why it's been really great for us to to work around those other issues around making sure that school kids are not absent and um, that they're in school so that they can they can hear that message from the teachers, from the rest of the community, from, you know, administrators like you and principals and, and others too. I, I think that's going to be the important message still too is, you know, making sure that those students are here so that they understand those opportunities. Oh, absolutely. So perfect segue because we, ha we have a huge week together, Paul. Yeah, we do, we do. Right? <laughs> and, and, and an opportunity to share, uh, to share the work and to share um, how we're going to come together to be able to even make more of a dent in, in reducing chronic absenteeism and making sure that we're building those really strong habits of, of behaviors and, and participation and engagement throughout the lives of our children so that they can have that limitless future that we expect for each and every one of them. Uh, would you please share with our, our listeners about the research that you have been engaging in, what, what you've done at Helios to be able to bring along other people to be able to tell their stories and also be able to hopefully positively impact uh, what's happening across Arizona and beyond? Yeah. So one of our priorities that we've really focused on over the last couple of years and in partnership with school districts like Avondale, uh, the department, Arizona Department of Education, the State Board of Education, West Ed, who's been research partners and thought partners with us, is really to understand, you know, number one, what are some of the, the issues that are causing students to do poorly, drop out of school, stop out of school, um, um, and really how that those issues connected with um, the pandemic. Um, and, and one of those issues that you really, if, you know, if, if you have any of the listeners take, just take a couple minutes and just Google chronic absenteeism, you will start seeing it is not just an Arizona issue. It's a national issue around kids missing school and really chronic absenteeism. A very quick definition is basically missing 10% or more school days, um, excuse and unexcused together, um, which if you think about it, a typical school uh, is 180 days of, of instruction um, so that's missing 18 or more days. Uh, and that's a lot. I mean, you know, you think about how much vacation time people get and other things, you know, 18 days out of a, only 180, not 360, there's a lot of instruction time that you're missing in math, science, English, history, all of those subjects. And so what really we wanted to do is understand what was happening before the pandemic, what happened during the pandemic, and where are we now? Um, but what we saw is after the pandemic hit, and even through, throughout, is that we've seen increases in some groups of students that are missing school. And the concern is that the groups that we are seeing missing schools are often those students that aren't doing as well academically. And so this, the, we're nervous about if these persist and stay, stay this way over time, um, we're gonna see the gaps, the opportunity gaps, achievement gaps, however you wanna describe them or look at them, uh, get bigger instead of decrease. We've been working hard to decrease gaps. And in Arizona, for example, we've seen 
closures and reading gaps, reading gaps, for example, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're still there, but they've been closing slowly over time. But the pandemic stopped that and we actually reversed for a year. We're worried that those gaps might get bigger. And then what does that mean for those, the opportunities for those students to go to college, to do some of the things that we just talked about, about, you know, if you drop out of school, that promise doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're you, you're not going to go to college, um, and if you if you drop out of school, what are the economic opportunities for you in life? Um, does everyone need to go to college? You know, I would hope everyone gets to have that choice at least if they get to go to college. Right. They have a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's kind of the research that we've been really focusing on, and it brings back to the convening that you and I are going to be a part of on Thursday. Is really how do we share the message uh, of what's happening with chronic absenteeism? And then how do we share best results and solutions uh, that districts and schools, especially like you're doing in Avondale, that can really get students to come back to school, that can get families more engaged, to get, get students to feel like they're part of that community, because ultimately, we want them to be successful in school so that they have many, many more opportunities by the time they graduate and are out of the K-12 through system. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there's no doubt the, the work that is out there, it, the, the work is in front of us for certain. And yet I do agree with you that that there are some, some we call them in our district, really good practices. We don't want to call them best practices because that means we're done. We're always um, innovating and, and iterating to be able to be on that continuous improvement journey. But when, when we are looking at what's happening, how can we take it to that next level? And I am so excited to be at that convening on Thursday because I want to hear from other people what they're doing so that we can, where does that fit within our system? Is there an entry point that we could layer that in to be able to continue to bring down that chronic absentee rate? I, I will say we, we were devastated, certainly, that 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 we very much like everyone else took such a turn with, through the pandemic. And yeah. we we looked at our system very, very closely and said, okay, what's going on and where are we missing? We had some sites who held, which we're super, super proud of. In other words, they, they just didn't take that large jump that, that other areas did. And then we had some that was like, whoa, okay, what's going on and, and, and what's happening and how can we shift that system? And, and our system really, really got down to it, almost minute data. It, it, it's, it's, you know, by, by student, by name, by need, right? And that's where it really needs to be because there is no one solution. There's no one, you know, silver bullet in education. It's always like, what's that silver bullet? That silver bullet does not exist, right? It, it's by student, by name, by need. And so when we have our educators sitting around knee to knee talking about what's happening with one student, what possible barriers there might be and what are possible solutions, and then layer in some auxiliary services like our social workers, our counselors, our administrators, and even a tremendous number of community partners that we can bring to the table to be able to be a part of the solution and be a part of that incentive and, and relationship building, then that's where we have change. I will tell you, I'm, I'm incredibly proud. Our, our data for this year is unbelievably encouraging. We have reduced chronic absentee, uh, absenteeism at the January of a new year you know, measurement by 20 to 60% across oh, all of our sites. And, and in my mind, that's a huge celebration. Now, of course, we need to uh, actually, we need to increase that to, I don't know, by 30 to 70% or even 100% change um, chronic absenteeism, reduce it by that much. But uh, I, I believe we're on the right track. And yeah. I'm super excited to get more ideas from our colleagues from across the state. And I, 
I'd be remiss at this point. I've got to say this. Thank you so much to Helios for bringing us together, for having the research, but then saying, okay, here's the research. Now what? That's the best part of the work that you're doing over there. Yeah. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And and, and that's really the, the goals of Helios is, you know, how do we bring people together? You know, it, it's hard. You know, you, you you have all the work that you have to do within Avondale every day. And so having the opportunities to bring people together, to share ideas, that's part of my favorite part of the job sometimes is, guess what? I, I'm not the I'm not the problem solver. I can I, I'd rather be thought of as the person that helps generate the people that can solve the problem. But we need we need to have that diversity in the room of, of you know, Avondale, Yuma, Phoenix Union, all of, you know, all of these districts that can talk about what can they learn because you hit the nail on the head. There is no silver bullet. Um, we have to have multiple approaches to this. Um, and really, we can do the best when we're thinking about this in a community community way. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you've just described how we operate in Avondale. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I feel like I have a similar role to you of I'm a convener. I bring people in who can be a part of our our. Uh, greater organization community to be able to ensure that our children have that limitless future. And so I, I love what you just said. It's like, yes, that that's exactly it. Like, I don't have to have all the solutions because you know what, bringing more people to that table and there's always room at the table who have ideas, have thoughts, have we, best thing I've ever heard from anyone, have we ever tried this or have we ever thought about that? Because often that's a, oh no, now let's take a look at that and and try a new approach. Because yeah. we are constantly evolving. And and I think Helios has that same approach of here's the data. This is what we're going to do with it. You know, kind of here's a problem of practice. And if we try this, what's going to happen? And what did happen? And what are our next steps? That 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 just builds momentum in my mind around whatever the problem of practice is. Yeah. And and back to kind of what you've connected with with leading with data. I mean, I think that's the way to start. No, no, you know, people can have the best guesses and everything in, in uh, out there, but if they haven't really thought about and looked at the data to see what's driving it, then you're not probably doing the best work that you can. And, and that's what we strive to do, just like like you said, and I love how you talked about it, getting to that minutia data, you know, not ever thinking the data is good enough. How can you push a little bit farther? What can you get from that data that can really tell you and help you, you know, improve the outcomes that you're trying to, whether it's academic achievement, whether it's chronic absenteeism, I mean, we all do that every day, right? Uh, people look at our credit reports. People look at everything. So we should use data and education more. And it's nice to see that that's becoming a topic more is how do we actually make decisions with data? Right, right. And not be scared of data. Data yeah. is just a starting point, right? Yeah. It, this is a factual starting point. Where do we go from here? And, and in my mind, we we get better and better every single day. Our job is to make sure we're better today than we were yesterday, better tomorrow than we are today. And um, I, I think that that's a really great place to be for our, our community and our, our the education of our children in Arizona. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so we have a, a big convening coming up on Thursday that I think people need to know about. Can you give some details, some opportunity if people want to jump on? I, I know it's two days away, but this is really good stuff and really important work that's being done. Yeah, um, we're having a convening on January 12th from uh, 9 to noon. Um, it, it is only in person. It's not, uh, it's not, it is being recorded, but that'll be released at a separate time. And I would say, um, uh, for, for you that might not be able to attend, um, you know, you look for in the next week on, on, on www.helios.org. Uh, there'll be clips and different segments from the, the convening that will be online. 
um, on the webpage, you can go there and and, and see and, and find the convening. And uh, if you decide that you would like to attend, I will say we are really butting up right now to our max attendance. Wow. Number. So there might not be a lot of spaces, but I would definitely say go check that if you want to attend um, and, and also look online. But the convening really focuses on having, um, you know, looking at the data again in a little bit more detail about what we're, our findings are. Um, having um, uh, Betsy, you and other superintendents talk and, and, and other educational leaders talk about what you're doing in your own districts. Again, back to that learning about how can we learn from what others are doing so that we don't have to try to reinvent the wheel all the time. Um, and then even having, I think one of our exciting things is we have Hetty Chang in, who's a mm -hmm. national expert from Attendance Works that is really going to be talking about, you know, the national perspective on this too. And I think can really kind of link and connect a lot of what we're suing in Arizona with what's happening in the rest of the country and maybe hopefully provide us with some opportunities or details around how other places are thinking about chronic absenteeism as well and what they're doing to solve this problem. And so um, we definitely are excited to have this. We want to make sure that we're providing districts and schools and, and families and everybody in Arizona opportunities with uh, to, to be able to learn about chronic absenteeism and, and for improvements. Um, and we're going to just keep working on this message throughout the rest of this year and longer until we can solve this problem. Well, we are incredibly grateful to be a part of that convening as well as these ongoing conversations with you and your team. I'm super excited for Thursday and for continued dialogue. I, the, the work that we have is really, really good, and I, I think it's going to make an impact that we want. Awesome. Thank you for being here, Paul, for sharing your expertise and, and for the work that you do with Helios and beyond. Thank you, Betsy, and thank you for being such a great partner in all of this as well. We couldn't do this without you. Awesome. Thank you.